Hey, good morning, everyone. Stand with us as we open in worship. Well, would you be free from your burden and sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you? I'm sorry, let's start this over one more time. Here we go. Are you washed in the blood? Well, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Thank you, Lamb. Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Now let's go to that new song. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. get out of breath singing all that you know amen there is power in the blood precious blood of the lamb good to see you here to worship with us this morning at sunset hills if you're joining in by live stream thank you also for joining in during this time if today is your first time to be here we would really love to know get to know you better and we if you haven't already received a really warm welcome consider this we're glad you're here and we're glad you came this way to worship and we hope you feel like right at home if you would, go by the welcome kiosk out in the foyer if you haven't already done so. Take a moment and just give us some information about you so we can get in contact with you later on. It's good to see you. I feel the energy. Do you feel it? Yeah. Amen. Let's continue to worship and song and lift our voices to the Lord this morning. 
is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my
Lord, I just pray this morning we don't take that for granted. Because of your son Jesus and the blood that he shed on Calvary, that God, you made a way when it didn't seem like there was a way. God, we're so grateful that you sent him to pay a debt that God, he didn't know because Lord, you knew that we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. So God, just out of a heart of gratitude this morning, we just lift up this offering of worship. Lord, as Pastor Steve continues to lead us in worship through the spoken word, God, just to anoint those words, God, let them speak to our hearts. God, if there's something we're going through this morning that we just, we don't understand how we're gonna get through it, God, let us lay our burdens at the foot of the cross. God, you've reminded us in your word that we don't have to carry those burdens around, God, that you sent Jesus to, to conquer death, Lord, for us. God, and with that just comes a promise of eternity with you. So Lord, I pray if there's one here today that's never said yes to you, that God, today could be their day to receive that invitation for eternal life. We love you and until you call us home, God, we'll embrace the work that you have for us here and tell others about the, the saving grace and love of your son, Jesus. It's in his beautiful name this morning we pray. Amen. You may be seated today. Today's a very special day in the life of Sunset Hills Baptist Church. All of them are special, but today we have set aside to have our first official annual business meeting since updating our Constitution and bylaws last year. And we're going to do that shortly. First, we're going to talk about some other things. I'm curious, how many of you took a physics class in high school? How many, let me see your hands. Okay, you're the smart people. I didn't, uh, but maybe at some time you're like me. You've encountered the uh, Newton's first law of motion. You know what that is, don't you? It goes like this, a body remains in the state of rest or uniform motion in a straight line unless and until an external force acts on it. You got it? You figured it out? That's not too hard to understand, is it? Sometimes I am in that state of rest on the couch and uh, Lynn is my external force that comes in. But that's the way it works with many things uh, in marriage and otherwise. The inertia of a moving object builds what's called momentum. And that's uh, why it takes so long to stop a train. We're all familiar that it, with a, a, the old-fashioned term that says, uh, trains don't stop on a dime. You know, I wish my grandmother had realized that when she got her car stuck on the railroad tracks one time. I still have this picture in my mind of her just barely getting out of that old car she had, which, by the way, she traded a cow for the car. 
And uh, my, my grandfather was very upset about that. He, he didn't think she got a good deal. But that car, she was driving in Gallatin and got stuck on the railroad tracks, and she didn't know what to do. She jumps out of it, and just about the time, the train hits it. No time for that train to stop. It's said that the average train is, a, it ta- is a, about a mile to a mile and a quarter long, or 90 to 100 rail cars. When it's moving at 55 miles an hour, it can take a mile or more to stop after the locomotive engineer fully applies, um, applies the emergency brake. So don't pull out in front of a train. That's usually about the length uh, it takes to stop it of 18 football fields. Okay, What that really is is momentum. Momentum or power that is continuing to push that train along those tracks. It's a principle of physics. It's a principle that we can apply not only in that kind of setting but to our personal lives as well as in the life of our church. Athletes and coaches know the power of momentum. A team with momentum on the court or field is nearly unbeatable. Momentum is an important ingredient for natural uh, talents and physical abilities of athletes. Talented athletes who lose focus and begin to doubt their skills can quickly spiral into negative momentum. Less skilled athletes who experience a taste of success and begin to believe in themselves can build and maintain momentum to beat uh, skilled opponents by just the sheer momentum that they're feeling. All you have to do is look back last week to the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles had momentum in the first half, but they didn't have it as well as the Kansas City Chiefs had it in the second half, and that's what made the difference. Go Chiefs, right? Momentum is an important part of sports, and athletes understand it. Speaking of athletes, I just want to take a moment here and congratulate two of our own within Sunset Hills Church, Zach and Hayden Center, on their wins yesterday. Zach and Hayden, are you guys here? Stand up here. In fact, just, I know you don't want to do this, but you, you, you wear those skinny, tight things in front of a crowd. Surely you can just walk down front here for a second, all right? Fully dressed. Anybody who wear those things, yeah, come on up here. Yeah, thank you. I remember these guys were little bitty babies, twin brothers. You know, isn't that amazing? Who's the larger one? You weigh more, okay. How much you weigh? Uh, 190. 190, and you're what? I could take both of you. (laughs) One hand behind my back. Yeah, right, right, yeah. These guys, they, they won their tournaments yesterday. Next week, they're going and competing in the state tournaments. Is that right? Congratulations. Good good job, guys. We're proud of you. But I want you to encourage you on our Facebook page is um, an article about these guys where they have won, they've been chosen as the John Mayer Builder Scholar Athletes for this school year. Read that article because there's a lot of great stuff in there about these guys. Uh, Joyce Center told me to say this is her grandmother. She said that they have turned out much better than their dad, Matt, has ever done. (laughs) 
Thanks, guys. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. Good luck next week. They understand momentum. The wrestling team understands momentum. Momentum also influences the workplace. An unhappy, complaining colleague at work can create what a negative momentum. On the other hand, an employee who established as a reputation as a hard worker in the organization often receives rewards because of a positive momentum that they have established. One of the primary tasks of managers is to generate positive momentum in whatever group of people he's assigned to or she. We live in a world in which momentum is incredibly powerful in our lives. God created us this way. And I believe all of us have a call for greatness that comes from God. Sadly, however, few people, and I put myself in this category from time to time, will never attain the greatness that God has in store for us. Somewhere we just miss it. Sometimes it's an issue of creating that momentum. At other times, maybe it's just that life's problems sidetrack the ability to sustain that momentum. I think our churches, we've been through that from time to time. Momentum played a role in one of the stories that Jesus told. I don't know if you know aware of that or not, but if you go to uh, Matthew chapter 25, it's a story about a wealthy man who had to be uh, away on business for an extended period of time. Let me just paraphrase the story for sake of time. He called together three of his associates and gave them his wealth to invest while he was gone. One was given five talents, one was given two talents, and the third was given one talent to oversee. A talent was what a worker might earn in 20 years for comparison. If a worker's salary today is $30,000, then one talent would equal 600000 So it was no small amount that he was giving. This means that a worker was given $3 million or five talents, another 1.2 or two talents, and the third $600,000. And after a long period of time, the wealthy man returned to find that the first associate had done a great job of investing the money. And he, he took three million and he turned it into six million. That's a pretty good return on investment. The second associate had invested as well also, and he doubled his amount to 2.4 million. But the third, however, he didn't invest it at all. He simply took it and hid the 600000 or so, the one talent. And when the boss came back, he said, here, I've got this talent to you. And he gave exactly the same amount back that he had been given to begin with. The boss, the story goes, was very pleased with the first two men doubling the money. But he was angry with the third man. He took the 600000 he'd given it, uh, had given and gave it to the one who made $6 million. It's an interesting story. We can kind of get caught up in all of this as to wonder what it's about, but one of the things that I think that Jesus is trying to get across to us is this. He wants his followers, not just those in this parable, 
He wants his followers of today at Sunset Hills Baptist Church, we who are followers, he wants us to see the importance of using whatever it is that God gives us in life. We're to wisely invest when he's given us opportunities, finances, abilities, and time. And Jesus indicates that when we attempt to do something with what we have been giving, we're going to end up with more. And this will increase and increase, and therein is a definition of momentum. In Jesus' story, the man had acquired ten talents. He was given an eleventh, the one taken from the man who did nothing, presumably to continue to multiply the boss's wealth. And Jesus summarizes it by saying this, For everyone who has will be given more, and will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That's a pretty stout warning for those of us who have been given. It's also the muscle of momentum at work. Through the years, Sunset Hills has experienced times of momentum, and we have seen God do some incredible things. I tell you, watching that, having been here long enough, momentum is a funny thing. Sometimes you have it, and sometimes you seem to lose it. There are periods when momentum happens, and then there are times when momentum is lost. We certainly have experienced both times when it was happening and times when it wasn't. To me and to others, it seems we are in a time that we're experiencing some momentum within our church. We have something special here. Let me just say that again because I want to make sure you're not getting lost in my words. We have something special at Sunset Hills Baptist Church. I hope you feel it. I hope you've experienced it. And God has blessed our church with tremendous character, such as we preach God's Word and offer genuine praise and worship. We're not here to entertain nor promote self-worship. We have great music that includes today's contemporary gospel music as well as the great hymns of faith. We are a welcoming community. I hear constantly about how friendly our church is. That is our culture. You are not a stranger very long here if you engage. We truly care about each other. When one hurts, we all hurt. There are people throughout our congregation caring for people in many ways that are never seen, never bragged about, never brought to the surface. They just quietly go about caring for others that they love. We are multi-generational. That is a great characteristic of our church. I love the fact that we have all generations in this congregation. 
It's a place where younger people can glean from wisdom and experience of older members, and, and older members can see the vibrancy of younger folk, and that refreshes them and challenges our church to stay focused on the future. We have a rich heritage. Did you know that next in December of this year, our church will turn 99 years old. Our centennial comes up in December of 2024. If we want to look back on the good old days, we have folks who can look back on people and events of the past 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and nearly 80 years within our church that are still here today. That's a cool thing. I don't know exactly, but well over 5,000 people have come to Christ through the ministries of our church through the years. We are a church that values unity, strives for it, and protects it. Simply, we get along. We don't tolerate people who want to stir things up. Mostly, all we have to do is pray them out, and they just seem to leave. <laughs> I didn't make a checklist of anybody who's on that list today. We are in a great location where people are literally coming from all over to our town. Nolansville continues to grow rapidly, and this is our mission field. We have a beautiful campus. Can you say amen to that? Eighteen of the most desirable acres one could ever ask for. Our buildings are beautiful, modern, technologically up-to-date, clean, and inviting. We are financially healthy. I'll talk more about that later. And we have experienced growth, not in just numbers, but have witnessed spiritual growth through life groups and Bible studies, fellowship, and personal interactions. That's just a few of the characteristics that I think are unique to Sunset Hills Baptist Church. Certainly, you probably have a list of many more that you could come up with. Truly, we are blessed. Amen? Amen. But... We cannot sit back and coast. Often the greatest risk of losing momentum is when you choose to do nothing. So we have to ask ourselves this question. What is it that God is calling Sunset Hills to do? Well, quite honestly, it is exactly the same thing that Jesus called us to do before he went back to heaven to be with his Father. And here it is. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. That is what we are called to do. Simply, we're to grow his kingdom. That is the mission of our church. It should be our vision to do this. 
to see people come to Christ, to see people grow in Christ, to see people find their purpose in Christ and help them find ways to serve Christ and influence others for Christ. That should be our vision. That should be what we want to see more than anything else when we come and gather in this place, when we call ourselves members of churchgoers of Sunset Hills Baptist Church. That's what we're called to do, and that should be our vision. That should be our mission. Now, this is manifested in many ways. Participating in Bible study, serving others in simple and caring ways, engaging in our community in various ways, finding ways to demonstrate our faith. Let me just give you a few examples of how this has been carried out with our children and a high school student who accomplished this. There was a young fella within our church that had an assignment day one day. His name is Alden Norum. He completed his assignment at school by doing this. A picture was given to him of the Grinch. I don't know if you can read it or not, but in his uh, assignment, he was given this. It says, I can grow his heart. You know about the Grinch, don't you? He's not a very nice person. He says, I can grow his heart by, watch this, a child telling him about Jesus. It is awesome. A simple way of carrying out the gospel. One of our students, Dylan, you're here. Why don't you stand up just for a second? Because I heard about this. One of our high school students, incredible talent there. How fast can you throw a ball? Top 88. Man, I got you by one mile. <laughs> 88, I couldn't even see a ball at 88 miles an hour. You know what this kid did the other day? His baseball team had an important game, I understand. And he asked the coach, can I lead us in prayer? Now, you know what? In prayer in school, a student can do it. A student can initiate it, and others that want to join in, it's perfectly fine to do it. And they've been, I understand that you guys have been having prayer ever since. Is that right? Isn't that great? <laughs> Countless people. I've just mentioned a couple of our kids and students. Countless people continually are doing things like this, but they're going and visit the lonely or the sick or the lost. Anyone can do that. Anyone can do that. Maybe the way you accomplish this is through having a gospel conversation with someone. You don't have to be an expert to do it. Just share your testimony of how God has done something incredible in your life and saved you. Just tell them about Jesus. That's all you have to do. I'm not here by accident, and neither are you. If I was here by accident, I'd been gone long ago. But God brought us all together, and He placed us here for such a time as this. And together we can see God's kingdom expand through the ministry efforts here, 
by carrying out the mission that God has for our church. If you want to see this force of momentum explode, here's one thing that we should do as a church. We must seek God. Because you know what? Momentum doesn't happen without God. It's Deo Valente, God willing, God willing to allow us to to be messengers of of His gospel to make a difference. We, can tr- we, can, we can't create momentum on our own. We can try, but we're going to fail. We need God if we're going to accomplish anything of any lasting significance. So, we should go to God in his, for His direction and prayer. We must plug into Him as our only source of power. And when we do that, I guarantee this is going to happen. Because it's happened before. When we go to God and we seek Him and we say, give us direction, give us favor, He steps in as we step out. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 verifies this. If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God says, if my people. Hey, guess what? We're his people. If we'll go to him and we will seek direction. And you know what? That should not be a big if. It should be a common thing that we do, a a time of getting on our knees and humbling ourselves before God and and turning from a sinful lifestyle to a godly lifestyle, acknowledging that He is the only one that can meet our need and that we need His help for direction and, and that we're dependent upon Him as well. So let me ask you this, church. How often... Are you doing this? How often are you praying for the ministries of our church? How often do you ask God to bless the pastors and their families? How often have you prayed to God over the last month to have a clear vision for yourself and for our church? To meet the financial needs of the church so that we're able to expand the ministries I want you to think about this. I truly want you to think about this. Do you think God wants our church to grow His kingdom, yes or no? Do you think He has a clear path for us to accomplish this? If He does, if He does, what are you willing to do in order for God to do His work at Sunset Hills. Uh-oh. Well, that's a challenge. What, if anything, are you willing to let go of in order for Him to do His work at Sunset Hills? Are you willing to pray for this? The Bible says... You have not because you ask not. If we want to see God bring greatness throughout our lives, if we want to see God bring greatness through His church, then we're going to have to go and ask in prayer. We're going to have to seek 
him for answers and we're going to have to move forward in his anointed power to accomplish his divine purpose for our lives and for our church. So, church, I'm calling you to pray for momentum. It can simply be a prayer, like a one-breath prayer. Lord, I pray for momentum at my church. I didn't even have to take a breath to make it through that. One breath did it. Lord, I pray for momentum at my church. Say it with me. Lord, I pray for momentum at my church. That's not so hard, is it? Lord, I pray for momentum at my church. In March of 2007, our church found itself at a crossroads. A few of you were on this journey with us as we prayerfully and diligently was trying to discover what was going to be next for our church. It was a time when we were located still in Nashville, and we faced having to close many of our ministries and sell our building or allow the bank to take it over. There were many things that could have happened. It was not an easy journey. But I can say this, and I can look back, and I can see how God worked through this. He provided direction because we were, and we were able to lay out a path that brought us where we are today because we went to God and said, help us in this decision we have to make. And there have been times since then that we sought to discover our path, what would be the best path for our church, such as deciding locations, purchasing properties, capital campaigns, building buildings, other issues that have arisen that caused us to have to seek God because we simply did not have any clear path, direction, courage to do what we did until God infused it within us. None of those decisions were easy, but we bathed them in prayer. Each time we faced different situations, the pastor, the deacon body, and the church worked and prayed and planned and took action steps that we believe was best for our church. And you know what? God blessed them. And he would do it again. So pray for God to create momentum within our church, in you, in me, in us. Here's another way we can build momentum. We depend upon God, but what we can look at is we can build on successes. I want to be honest with you. These last three years have not been easy for our church or for any church. It hasn't been easy for people in general. Any church that was able to survive over these last three years have achieved a measure of success. During this time, we not only survived, but we took initiatives to overcome the problems that we encountered, such as we acquired the necessary tools and learned to do church online. Now, that very first Sunday we were doing church online, there was a laptop sitting down here filming it all. We've come light years since then. 
And for a while, while we were on campus, the church attendance was limited. Our online presence expanded. Now people who are unable to attend the campus, on campus have a choice to be able to watch online. There are many people watching me right now. We'd much rather have people here in person. Let me say that again. We'd much rather have you here if you can be here. But if you can't, you can still worship with us. But the fact that we are online means that we have enlarged our ministry reach. More people on average are engaging in weekly worship now than ever before. Not only has our on-campus attendance finally begun to reach pre-COVID uh, uh, numbers, but now we have well over 100 people watching our services, either live stream with us or later in the week, every week. Something that was very hard ended up causing more people to hear the gospel. In addition to our online presence happening on our, uh, uh, our <clears throat> on-campus attendance has finally reached, as I said a moment ago, pre-COVID numbers. The sanctuary looks fuller. And empty seats, when they're taken, it just feels better. It helps our fellowship. It helps our singing. It helps my preaching. We're not, when you're not here, you are missed. And when people who are visiting see seats that are taken, they see vibrancy when they walk in for the first time. It excites them. That's the power of momentum. And I'm happy to tell you that our church membership has grown also. During 2022, we had 10 baptisms. Not bad, but wouldn't we want to see that number increase significantly? In addition, we had 21 other additions to, through church membership. Once again, wouldn't we like to see more come be a part of this church family? Oh, and by the way, much work goes into planning special events and get-togethers. Whether it's a church-wide event, something planned for the children or planned for students, a men's or ladies' event, or something else, we would love to have more people here take advantage of what is planned and executed. I know you may ask, well, what am I going to get out of going to that? Well, that's the wrong question. Rather, you should ask, what can I do besides my presence there to make this event much more successful? That goes right along with the teachings of the New Testament of serving others. Not everything is for you. And churches today, unfortunately, have gotten in the people in churches today have unfortunately gotten this mentality. Well, if I don't get something out of it, I'm just not going. That's not New Testament, by the way. You yeah, may not like that, but you ought to be saying amen. You know why? We have these events to help build community inside and outside the fellowship. Having people show up builds community and momentum. Another success we celebrate is our giving not only remains steady, but tithes and offerings steadily increased. 
Let me show you just how God has blessed families, uh, blessed our families, and you have in turn given to his work. Let me just show you a 10-year comparison. 2012, we took in 264,000, $264,027. This past year, glory to God, we took in $693,859. Well, you get it. Giving in 2022 was the best year of total gifts that we've ever had. It was a hundred and something thousand dollars over the 2021. And 2021 was better than 2020. And 2020 was better than 2019. This, let me show you this. These last three years were COVID years. And every year, 534, 589, 695, just kept get, giving just kept getting better and better. If you see it on a graph, you just see progressively from 2013 to 2022, just going uphill. Thank you. Thank you for giving. Last year's giving was 17% better than the year before, and 45% better than five years ago. Now, I'm about to tell you something that I want to be cautious here. Because when I tell you this, some of you think, well, I don't need to give the church any more money. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about just that in just a second. But as of February 16th, 2023, 2023, our church had on cash on hand $1,045,525.01. That's cash in the bank, folks. Thank you for giving. But please don't stop. We can't grow God's kingdom without your gifts. You may think, well, the church has plenty of money, so why do I need to give? Much of that money has been designated and given toward our building program. So we can't spend it on a lot of other things. But a more important reason to continue giving is this, because God told you to do it. How much money Sunset Hills has should make any difference in your obedience to do what God teaches. Let me say that again. How much money our church has should make any difference in your thinking or in your giving patterns in, in your obedience to doing what God teaches you to do. And in case you haven't heard this, what you gave wasn't yours anyway. It all belonged to God. God just entrusted it with you for a while. Now is a good time to kind of think back on the parable that Jesus told that I started with. Here's another thing, maintaining momentum means we focus on forward progress. Many of the Psalms were written by people in trouble who reviewed God, the ways God helped them in the past. This gave them the confidence to move forward and seize the future. Their Psalms usually ended in a confident note. One word of warning, even those, those positive experiences and successes, can, uh, they can either hamper or build momentum. 
Looking back on successes for t far too many churches, too many people just kind of rest on that and become stuck in recent successes and take them for granted. I'm grateful that when it was time to turn a new chapter in the life of our church in times past, we were not so stuck in the past and basking in past successes that we could not let go of that and face the future. And we can't afford to do that now. Change is inevitable. Someone might say, well, I like it where we are right now. Why can't we just stay this way? Well, the first thing I'll say to you is staying where you are right now is impossible. Have you looked in the mirror since last year? You've changed since then. Some of you changed since yesterday. Change is going to happen. And when change happens... We need to be there to see it through. That's called being a faithful servant. In a sense, we find ourselves at one of the more critical times in recent history within our church. And thankfully, it's not a crisis event that we must struggle with. But in order to take next steps, we have to fo focus on forward progress, and that means that we take intentional steps toward building momentum and do something. In order for our church to be effective in the community God has brought us to, it's time to take some steps to accommodate and reach more people in our community. Doing nothing won't change anything. In fact, it usually makes things worse. We find that in Jesus' story, the criticism of the man with one talent who did nothing. So today I'm calling our church to take some needed steps to better position ourselves to build God's kingdom. Not to make our kingdom power, more powerful here at Sunset Hills. It's all about His kingdom. Shortly when we enter the business session of our church, we will present a proposed budget for your approval. And I'm going to ask you to approve that budget. It will require, will require your continued financial support of Sunset Hills. That's the first step. A second step is, that is included in the proposed budget involves adding a new staff position. This person will add, uh, that we will add will be one that has been long needed at our church. We believe that in order for us to be the church God wants us to be, greater emphasis needs to be placed on discipleship and evangelism. This person will, we will seek will lead our church in these areas and provide greater focus on assimilating current members and guests into our church. We have a need to develop new life groups for many people who are currently not connected to one. We have several holes within our life groups that need to be filled. And quite simply, the present staff can't do this. We need to bring someone in to do it. That, starting new life groups, we require recruiting and training new people who will be excited to help people grow in their faith. And finally, in a moment, we'll be presenting and giving details of 
adding additional parking to our campus. In the last several weeks, our parking lot has been full, and many people have been gracious to park on the grass and sometimes even in the mud. However, this is not sustainable, nor is it inviting. We have $7 million homes being built within a half a mile of our church. Behind that neighborhood is going to be, of those homes, going to be a whole new neighborhood of people buying multi-million dollar homes. You can't ask those people to park in the mud. <laughs> They're not going to do it. These are just a few steps we're taking in order to build momentum. No doubt, hear me, there will be more coming as momentum continues to build. Because if momentum begins to build, that's going to create new problems that we're going, good problems that we're going to have to address. So I want to challenge you this morning to be a participant in helping our church build momentum first by praying and asking God to do something even more special even more magnificent than he's already done for Sunset Hills. Pray. Pray for your pastors and those who are in leadership and for each other. That he would look at what we're trying to do and he'll look on us in our faith with favor and he will shower our church blessings second look for ways that you can add to what he is doing look for ways that you can engage people and invite them to church or speak into their lives with service look for ways that you can speak good about sunset hills and face-to-face -face conversation or post something good on social media about how you love your church in fact Kelly Farmer is now doing our social media, and Kelly posted something on, on Valentine's Day about loving our church. He said, how about you all making some comments about how you love Sunset Hills? I think there were like six or seven. Come on, people. We can do better than that. You see that? Hopefully you love us. Don't post something about hate. But if you love something about our church, then don't be afraid to put it on. It'll take a moment to do it. Invite someone to church. Engage yourself in the momentum. When's the last time you invited someone to church? I don't mean to end on a negative concept, but it's good to remember this about momentum. I call it the church law of motion. Unless someone or something does something to change things, a church that is stationary will stay that way, and a church that is moving will keep moving. Yes, it's true. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I've laid out as best I can 
where I believe as pastor where you are taking our church. And I'm committed to it, Father. Now I'm asking others to commit. I know they've done it in times past, and you've blessed in incredible ways. But one more time, we come before you. We come before you asking humbly that you cause us to move, to keep moving as your people. I've laid out ways, Father, that we can do that. There are countless other ways as you search our hearts that you can encourage us, you can motivate us, you can help us create emotion that collectively causes momentum. I pray that's our prayer. And I pray that in a few moments as we take some action that that will be the steps toward doing what you want us to do. And many more, Father, as you lay them out for us on this path and this journey we're on, as we begin to see other ways that, that you're calling us to, to engage better and, and, and do a better job of, of witnessing and to this community. Father, I, I pray that as we face those challenges that we will face them with courage and faith humbly to seek you and carry out the vision the mission that Jesus calls us to do to see people come to Christ these moments just take some time to allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart and help you determine where you are and how you love God how you love our church and what you can do to play a, a role in next steps. You may want to come here in this altar and pray, and you're certainly welcome to do so. Let me just say, I should see every deacon that's here, down here praying this morning as leaders. Maybe you're compelled as in some other leadership position. I don't want to manipulate you, but again, if you're in a leadership role, I encourage you to come in this altar and pray and seek God. Maybe you want to join others that will be coming just to spend time here to pray. God, give our church momentum. As the worship team was singing, you're invited to follow his leadership as we stand. I Savior say that strength indeed is small, child of we.
us watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. so grateful to him, to you, for giving us the assurance of salvation that we're willing to share it with others in our lives, in the life of this church. In Christ's name I pray, amen. May be seated, please. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally According thank to the you Constitution for joining us of our for church today's article live stream. 14 I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. 
And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.